It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Tuesday, October 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is kind of terrified of the state of Florida right now. Yeah, I can understand that. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. That's where we post about Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. We've got a mailbag this week, so get those questions in now. On today's show, we've got a whole bunch of Flyers roster movement to talk about. Uh, I believe we have some statements by head coach John Tortorella to ruminate on. Plus, we've got a preview of the road trip back to back to Florida to face Tampa and the Panthers, plus a Phantoms update. So a lot to get to on today's show. Lockdown Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. So subscribe. You'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Plus, we're over on YouTube, so you can watch us over there. So right after we recorded yesterday's episode, and literally the second after we hit Tom, the Flyers activated Felix Sandstrom. So the Sam Erson question is kind of moot, although the discussion could in some ways apply to him as well in terms of the timing. I think it does. Put him in it. Yeah, I, I think it does, too, that it makes the most sense to put in Sandstrom versus the Panthers and uh, make sure that Carter Hart isn't playing back to backs early, even though Torts hinted that it could, in fact, happen. I mean, to me, there's no reason to do it. Like, why would you do that? Like, I just you have a backup for a reason. Start the backup. If you have to replace him, fine. But. I don't understand why you might just tell Carter Hart, hey, you're doing back-to-backs. Like, I just, it doesn't make sense. Sam Erson did start for the Phantoms on Sunday. We will talk about that later in the show. And in addition to all that, we've got Rasmus Ristolainen on IR officially now, which is uh, not great news. No, it's concerning. Again, the, the biggest fear for me for this Flyers season is, you know, they get through it. Sure, they do better than you expected to. Sure. But with the exception of a few guys, there's not going to be as much development as you hoped. Because, again, you have to have a certain amount of your core players in there to have these young guys develop. And you can't have them coming up and down every you know game or two the whole year without any continuity that way. It's hard to gain anything. Yeah, I think one thing they did do, which kind of counterbalances that, is for this road trip, they called up Zach McEwen and Louis Belpedio as like having an extra forward and an extra D that will most likely sit in the press box. But because you're on the road trip, you need those extra bodies. And I'm not saying, you know, those guys wouldn't be okay if they had to slot in. But I I think that it's important to note that it wasn't more prospect-oriented guys that they called up for this purpose. So I think that's a good sign. That's a good sign. They did that the right way. No question about it. Um, You know, 
the one thing I worry about is the teaching as far as the teaching of young players. And John Tortorella came out today and he said, this is a young, dumb league. And without reading the whole quote, then he goes, um, it's hard to teach thinking when you have a player who has smarts and goes to the right places. That's a guy that's well on his way to being a good pro. And it's like, you know, I get it, John. When you have Noah Cates, it's a lot easier to teach him because he's already got 75 to 85% of it down. But when a guy's got 50% of it down, it doesn't mean he doesn't is not worth the extra, you know, t- teaching that it requires. And there's a player in the Flyers lineup right now as a young player who had horrible hockey sense. And it's much better now. And I'm not going to out him as, as you know, because I don't think it's important. But the point is, it could happen, and I've seen it happen. And if it were a young, dumb league, then then the Avalanche would have been a bad team. Yeah, I find it interesting that he phrased things in that way when not only Noah Cates, but Tanner Lazinski went through a full college experience yes. here and really understand their own game in a way that a lot of younger players don't because they had that teaching hockey experience through college and the NCAA game. The college game is more defensive oriented and it is built on a little bit more strength because there's a lot of older players. So that suits John. So John's just basically Mm -hmm. saying, this is why I'm telling you my system is so good because everybody else stinks. Like, I don't understand why he always has to, to do that because again, he creates a lot of, you know, opposition from within the league with other coaches, with other scouts, with, you know, other organizations, you know, that's part of, you know, rubbing people the wrong way. And it just seems unnecessary. Yeah. It's like you won two games. There's no need to get into this yet. Right. <laughs> you, know? you don't you need to do season. that deflection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait till, wait till you lose a bunch in a row right. before you, you start getting agitated like that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been the better tack to take. But uh, looking at the practice lines from yesterday and how we could potentially match up against the two Florida teams, it seems like he's sticking with what he's been doing thus far. Which I guess is fine. I mean, he doesn't have a ton of options. The big thing in the Florida series would be, I don't know, I don't know how Noah Cates is going to do as a second line center in that. But this is where I might move off of Scott Lawton on the wing and put him in the center because they're very strong at the center position. Even Ross Colton, who, you know, is not one of the main players, but he's sort of getting that way is better than most centers on on the flyers, you know? And so I kind of think as a second liner, man, you're going to, you might not be covering Kucherov, but you might be covering Braden Point. And, yeah. uh, you know, that's, I don't know if these matchups are great, especially when you're on the road. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you there that I would, uh, I would definitely think about rotating Lawton in at center there. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Farabee should be on that top line yet, minutes wise. Yeah. But I, I think that, you know, you could put Kate's up there for now just for one game. I think to to try and even that out a little bit or God forbid, put JVR up there, although I don't think that would go well, to be honest. But I, I do think that uh, that is a, a really good thought to have. And, you know, Florida, too, is so stacked and especially defensively. I, I think that it, it's just going to be 
like a real battle on those set plays. Like their defensive zone faceoffs are going yes. to have to be perfect in yeah. both of these games. Yeah, I agree. I, the other thing, just to, to wrap up the Tampa point, is don't go in there being the physical aggressor. Because they have Victor Hedman. They have plenty of guys that can play that game. But they have skill guys that you don't have. And and that's what I worry about. Then when you go into Florida, don't let Matthew Kachuk drag you completely into the gutter. Because that's going to be the easy thing for them to do. And Kachuk is going to try and do it. And if he does it, he's going to beat you. Because he's already more than a point a game there. Uh, again, that's his specialty. you got to realize that you're better than that. And have a little bit of extra discipline. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge as well, because even though the penalty kill has been playing relatively well so far, you cannot put yourself in a situation where you have to utilize it all the time. Yeah, like these you, two you power need... plays are way above anything they face. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, the contrast between what Vancouver has on the power play and these two teams are like polar opposites. So yeah. I think that they really need to do everything possible to stay out of the box and don't get baited into anything against these two teams. And then just really focus on moving the puck around faster that they got to take shots more often than they really have been. And then really move that puck fast because there's somebody that's going to cut off the slower style yeah. passes that the flyers have been and, have been doing for the last year. And when the Flyers are on the power play, especially the top power play, just D'Angelo's got to shoot the puck. Just mm -hmm. shoot the puck, hope good things happen. Yes, some of them may get blocked, but stop looking for the perfect shot. It's not always going to happen. I mean, one for five isn't great, and that's what they were last game. And that's an area they can improve it. They have enough guys on the top power play where they have enough talent where they could do better. Well, we're going to continue this discussion and talk more about Tampa and Florida coming up next. But first, we're going to hear about our friends over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. They have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. You get all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are the only 160 or only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You're going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just grab a quick bite, built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a built bar. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. You can eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. The season is in full swing and so is Locked On's game-to-game -game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game across the NHL with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. So follow Game to Game on the Locked On NHL channel. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Russ, Tampa is in an interesting situation to start the season. They're one and two so far. Now, all three games that they've played have been on the road, and they have had, like, unlike the Flyers, I would say, the misfortune of starting against some of the tougher teams. So they've lost to the Rangers and the Pens, mm-hmm. both pretty handily. They they won against Columbus. Uh, they'll be operating on the same amount of rest as the Flyers. And I think that there's a little bit of a balance here between Tampa – uh having some slight roster changes that are maybe taking a little bit of time to gel and to really get into gear uh, at least for some of their guys and then they're facing teams that are starting off super hot like the rangers and pens uh who have been playing tremendously good hockey man i saw a good chunk of that rangers game versus tampa and the rangers just had tampa's number they had something for everything that Tampa could do. Yeah, without Vasilevsky, I mean, he stopped Kreider on two point blank shots that easily mm-hmm. could have been goals and or others. Um, Vasilevsky, this will be a tougher year for him. He's great, so he's not going to let in a lot more goals than he normally would, but he's going to let up a few more because the defense just isn't there. Um, McDonough was getting older, but he's still a, a key defender, and Jan Ruta is another guy that you know they're missing. So there's an opportunity there to score on them. The only problem is they're a team that can outscore you. And so even if you have a lead, they could come back and and get you. So that's something where all these veterans, especially the fact that, you know, again, every other year they get another veteran coming off of an injury that seems to be 100 percent. And Braden Point seems to be the latest one. Kucherov was that guy last year when he came back. Braden Point's now back and he looks tremendous. And just normally he is hard to cover. And so. You know, you look at these guys and and that's a big challenge. And and then, you know, that's that's something I I feel like the Flyers have to really key on. And so I hope when they look at it, they look at it and say, we really have to shut down their top six somehow. Yeah, I think that's going to be huge. And Steven Stamkos, I think, is is one of those guys that's going to be trouble. He's got four goals so far, just off to a banging start to the season and you know uh he's like ageless you know he's he's one of the broken like two years ago he was broken and now he's like seemingly back to where he was before that yeah he's one of the great goal scorers of his generation and he'll be like Lemieux in the sense that you'll look back at him and you say wow look at the goals per game because he missed so many games and and it'll be shocking Mm -hmm. how good it is and so yeah, he's he's a danger, especially on the power play, man. Yeah, and you know, like we were talking about in the first segment, like Tampa's power play is just lethal with all of those different weapons, and their puck movement is absolutely extraordinary. And they have such great anticipation; they have their power play system down so well that they just know where each other are going to be at any given moment and can make those blind passes that the flyers try and can't execute on sometimes. But I do think that there's a way that the flyers can use the aggressiveness and the physicality that we've seen so far, but not crossing a line to that effect. Yeah, I agree. It'll be a good test for Travis Konechny too. Let's see, you know, where he's at. He started off Mm -hmm. hot. Right now, he does have to be a leader, and Torts has put a lot of pressure on him because we're going to talk about more injuries. Uh, you know, we can talk about it now. I mean, I don't think Cam Atkinson plays on this road trip. I'll just go come out and say it. 
No. And, you know, we said yesterday, at least I did yesterday, that I'm going to get concerned if he doesn't play against the Preds. I think that's when I start to yeah. get concerned, if they haven't given us an update in the end. Well, the but, thing is, I get that you would wait until that point. I'm not waiting to that point because he's not even practicing. Yeah, that is something to worry about. And I think that especially for him, you know, he's the guy that shoots a lot, right? Yes. So, or at least he does have an injury history too, by the way. Mm -hmm. So I think the key to this game is really turning the Bolts North-South game into an East-West game. Yeah. And that's where the Flyers can compete uh, in, in, in this one. I think the game against Florida is going to be slightly easier, but also slightly harder at the same time because the Flyers will be coming off a of back to back. Florida, I think, has had a little bit of an easier time of it than Tampa schedule wise. Uh, I think mm -hmm. their two wins were against the Sabres and the Islanders. So mm -hmm. definitely weaker opponents thus far, although. Um, they will have played Boston last night as a recording. We don't know the results of that game. So they're going to be a little tired from having to go from playing two weaker teams to playing a really tough team, kind of the similar situation the Flyers are, are in right now heading into this back-to-back, -back, but from the opposite perspective. So I think it's a really uh, interesting one to try and suss out. It is. Um, either goalie is good. So whether you get Bob or Spencer Knight, it, there's no big break there. Uh, mm -hmm. Their their defense may not be as good as it was last year. I get it. Still very fast. Still a lot of offense. Maybe more toughness now. So now they can play more of a torts game if they need to. Uh, we talked about that. But the um, the overriding factor here is they still have some of these veterans. Like a lot of people are writing off Patrick Hornquist. You know he does already have a goal this year. He's a guy that goes to the net. So if it's Carter Hart, if it's Sandstrom, it's probably Sandstrom. Like that guy's going to be in your kitchen the mm -hmm. whole game, and he's not going to leave. He's not going to be like a once in a while thing, like sometimes we would see on the Flyers. So that's something where you know that could be that could wear on a younger goalie. And, and that's what I worry about because Sandstrom is coming into this game, you know, assuming he plays in the same kind of way that Carter Hart did with yes. very very limited preseason. Cold. Activity. He's coming in cold. Yeah, so to come into a game against the Florida Panthers is like a really tall order for him. Yeah, I don't like the fact that any of these goalies are coming in cold. I get mm. the way it sort of has broken here, but Carter Hart's a little different than Sandstrom as far as experience in this league. So, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough spot. There's no way around it. If he does great, great. More power to him, but like I said, these are not ideal circumstances. I'm just grateful he had a few of those NHL games at the end of last season yes. to at least kind of get his feet wet. And so he at least understands what the routine will be going into it. And he can, you know, get his head straight before uh, jumping in the net. But I, I am also really worried about Matthew Kachuk. I think oh, yeah. he has a lot to prove on this Florida team. And, you know, kind of the big swap between Florida and Calgary was one of the biggest things that happened this offseason. And I just think that he he just really, really is raring to go. He is leading their team in scoring thus far. And, and he's I think a jerk he's on the ice. Menace. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's, he's going to be one of those guys baiting the Flyers who are going to be tired. He's going to talk to the, the Flyers before. bench. He's going to bait Konechny. He's going to bait Delorier. That's what he's going to do. He's not necessarily mm-hmm. going to fight, but he's going to do that. He's going to say things to the goalie. He's going to be a pain in the crease. That's what he does, besides having you know a lot of gifts offensively, too. <laughs> so this is a game where I know um, John wants to have the, t- the toughest team around, but... When they get into Florida, that's a game where, like you said, coming off a of back-to-back, be prepared for a physical battle. Absolutely. All right. Well, we'll talk more about the Florida game on tomorrow's show after the Tampa game. We'll see what adjustments will need to be made for sure. Uh, up next, we are going to check in with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. Russ, it was an interesting opening weekend, I would say, for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, a split decision. They won in overtime against Wilkes-Barre-Scranton, although the fact that it got to overtime was a little irritating. Uh, then they lost to Hershey on Sunday, 2-1. to one. So both very close games, very closely contested games, and... Uh, I would say, you know, my biggest takeaways from these games is that the Phantoms, man, they just need to shoot more. This is like definitely a rollover from last season. Mm -hmm. And they were they were outshot Saturday, 40 to 22. And especially some of these prospects that we're trying to develop, like if they're not taking advantage of this AHL time to just take extra shots like that is. That is not good. And then well into the second period on Sunday, they only had five shots on goal total. It was atrocious. It's really unacceptable. It's one of these things where, you know, young players are still going to do a lot of what the coach wants them to do. 99% of it. So even though you and I may want them to shoot, if the coach is saying do this or do that, and they're not going to just, you know, override what what the coach says because they want to get playing time. Uh, Ian LaPerrier, as as badly as he did this year is under even more pressure now because clearly torts is just like you're on your own buddy don't worry just have some structure you know and a lot of these players have to develop and some of them need to play for the flyers next year they have to because they're going to be under cap constraints yes the cap's going to go up but they're going to have other other things they're going to be able to sign maybe two players but they're going to have younger players that are going to need to play and they can't fail this year. Like, if they don't make the playoffs, I might ease up on them if they just got edged out the last game or two of the season, but they played well all year and there has been a good step forward. When there's still issues from last year remaining now, that's not good. And we can't give LaPerrier a pass and say, well, he didn't have a players because Torts held on to him very long because Torts didn't really hold on to him for very long. Like, they've had a while down there. And so I, I'm not going to use that. And we just need to see them develop offensively. And the de- defense has to do good, too. I do think their goaltending is fine, right? Like, I don't – I'm yeah. not worried about the goaltending in the least. Krosnick had 38 saves on 40 shots Saturday. Yeah. I mean, I did mention they got well outshot. And, and Troy Grosnick looked incredible in that game. Uh, have to give him credit. And then Sam Erson, you know, getting sent down and then playing – that day at 26 saves on 28 shots and he saved their bacon multiple multiple times especially when the phantoms were on the pk i think 
uh, if I remember correctly, Hershey had like five power play opportunities and uh, Urson was absolutely spot on in that game and kept it close and was really the only reason why they were keeping it that close for most of that game, I would say. What I will say is despite allowing that last second goal uh, to tie it up to Wilkes-Barre Scranton, uh, their overtime was the most dreadful three-on-three overtime I have ever seen. There was zero That's, that's disappointing with Cam York there, especially. Well, I don't know that it was really his fault, I'm going to say. It was really like there was no plan. You would see them bunched up too much. The communication was not there. There were mispasses. So that's coaching. You know, yeah, it was all coaching all coaching and positioning. There was just no system at all going into them. So that is something, you know, I hope they don't have as many overtime games this year as they did last year. So you're not predicting but, a lot of overtime wins, are you? Well, not if it continues like this. I think they right. really have to get their act together on that. Maybe they haven't practiced it a bunch yet, but it's still no excuse to have it look that bad. No, I mean, um, they have some top flight players. Like, Again, someone like York who could really take charge in three-on-three, again, if if the other guys don't have a good game plan, you can't do it all yourself. He's not Kale McCarr. Yeah. I will say, speaking of those good young players, Elliot Denoyer scored in both games. He scored the first goal of the Phantom season, and the goal he had against Hershey was just gorgeous. I mean, the intelligence and the moves mm-hmm. All together there. And I think this is really going to work out for him Mm -hmm. in terms of getting confidence and just getting what he does well and scoring goals and, and, you know, deking people right and left. If he gets this nailed down at the AHL level and then just has to adjust speed wise to the NHL, maybe next season, I think that's the right path for him based on, you know, small sample size again. But I think that he's doing his thing really well so far at the AHL level. Yeah, I expect him to do well at the AHL. I'm not going to even talk about NHL with him because I know there's work to do uh, mm-hmm. away from the puck and such. But and and you had mentioned about him taking some dumb penalties. Those things, yep. you know, will come, but it will fix in time. But he is a gr- really good offensive talent. But again, makes me wonder in three on three why he couldn't take advantage or why they couldn't take advantage of having him out there because he's you know he's better than a lot of more skilled than a lot of AHL guys. Yeah, he he really does, and it it showed. I think that it's going to take some time to figure out with them what combinations are going to work well together in order to get guys like Denoye and guys like York the right kind of chances out there. But I think there is hope for this team. I've been a little negative so far. Yeah, but- I, this weekend I was kind of tied up, so I didn't see any action. But is Wiley the next defenseman out there? I think so yeah, to some degree, like okay. but um, I, I think he's on that second pairing Yeah, or either the second or third pairing, depending on okay. what, what you want to label them. Cause I think Hogberg and Adderd were a pairing and Ginning okay. and Wiley were a pairing okay. in one of the games. And so you get, those are kind of interchangeable. I would yeah, say. Cause I, I would think Wiley, even at this point is better to use three on three than Adderd right now, you know, until mm-hmm. things, until he gets more experience. Yeah, I think so too. All 
All right. Well, we've got uh, two games coming up this weekend for the Phantoms, uh, both against the Cleveland Monsters on Saturday and Sunday. So hopefully we'll see some improvement from them there. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, the Phantoms uh, again. Yesterday was the anniversary of the Phantoms uh, starting up the team in Lehigh Valley when they moved there. Did not know that Scott Lawton scored the first goal for the Phantoms in Lehigh Valley. That's kind of a fun fact. I don't remember if I was up there for that game or for Phantoms game, but I go up for one or two every year. Um, I, I like the rink a lot. I like the town. It's it's quaint. Mm-hmm. Um, they I have like the, the Chickie and Pete's right in the stadium. I don't go for the Chickie and Pete's. I, there's... The hot nuts guy is right on the um, on the concourse, and he used to be a big listener of Sirius XM, so he actually recognized my voice. But I do like the um, the food, the snacks are good, and um, and the White Castle on the way home. Like it's just it's a great combo for me. It's hard to to beat. All right, well, I'll get some crab fries for you then. I'm not big on crab fries. They're they're all right. Russ, man, it's an institution. Uh, all right. That'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We'll have a recap of the game against the Lightning, adjustments for the Florida Panthers game, plus our mailbag. So get those questions in. You can tweet us at Locked On Flyers, or you can email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen locked on fantasy hockey. Steel Rodin and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news, analysis, and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great day, everyone.